Welcome to the Heal Through Play podcast, where we explore healing through play. I'm your host, Lisa Dovkush, and I am an alchemist healer, financial strategist, and play enthusiast, which means that I love turning pain into pleasure, making big money, and having big fun. My goal with this podcast is to bring light into the otherwise dark process of shadow work and healing. This podcast features guests from all walks of life who share their stories of healing mental, emotional, and even physical wounds through the magic of play. You'll hear from improvisers, comedians, artists, influencers, meme creators, and so many more incredible guests. Thanks for playing with us. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Molly Kirby on the podcast. She is an improviser and I don't know what else actually. A We've comedian. Never... Uh, yeah, I comedian. do sketch. Um, I'm right. directing a sketch show. You know, mm-hmm. it's all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, and a movie many other star, things. as you know, as you know, movie. Yes. <laughs> we worked on, uh, yeah, so our mutual friend Marissa uh, Macy did a movie that molly was in and i did makeup for Mm -hmm. because uh y'all don't know this but i actually am professionally trained to do uh stage makeup and could also lend itself for film which is you know what it did Mm -hmm. so yeah so we've done that together i believe we have done some improv together probably i know we have yeah, we probably have, yeah. So, we've had drinks, I'm sure, at the same <laughs> Oh, 100% we've had drinks, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, yeah, so Molly uh, is on today because I was posting about the podcast online in our little local improv group here in Austin. And uh, I had mentioned that, you know, I'm always looking for guests. And she shared that she has gone through a divorce recently and comedy and improv really helped through that so I was like heck yeah let's talk about it <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> oh it on the God. podcast <laughs> oh my God. so yeah but before we dive into that before we dive into the heavy stuff uh let's let's our, ease our way into it not sure. that I not that I don't you know want to do that like I don't care either way I think it's I welcome then (laughs) the baby started crowning and there was blood everywhere exactly right like I'm all the doctor was screaming I was screaming (laughs) there was a tornado the power went out I don't know (laughs) yes I'm here for all the drama all day long 100% of the time (laughs) immediately I don't even need a (laughs) warm-up going raw you know oh my god Well, that's uh, another story altogether. The going I in did, exactly. We'll talk about well, that too. That's a different conversation. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Well, yeah, we'll circle back. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would love to know, Molly. Um, first, first question for us is, what does play mean to you? It, well, that's a great question. It's like such like that's the whole point of why we're here, obviously. So I should have seen that one coming. Play is is relaxing and letting your guard down and um, being open and accepting to what is happening and not taking the entire world personally, which I think right now in this day and age, and you said this is going to be airing in a few months, this is today is Roe Day that Roe was murdered today ruthlessly versus Wade. And so, you know, 
to, to let yourself to put to let your guard down in a world like this that we are embarking upon now is I think the way to survive right now. So just letting your guard down and being open to accepting that there is joy and fun and and peace in this world is extremely difficult as it may be uh, upcoming to to feel that and to accept that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's funny you say that because I knew that that was going on today. And, you know, everyone's been talking about that. <laughs> I, I try to stay away from from politics generally because it's so heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I just told you I've had just like a day of lounging on the couch and I'm realizing I think it was just tapping into the collective energy of just like mm -hmm. everyone feeling so mm -hmm. low and so mm -hmm. I think that I was feeling picking up on that and just couldn't really get anything done today that feels that feels real to me mm -hmm. so yeah for sure thank you for sharing that yeah. and yeah so per <laughs> our topic of our podcast here healing through play i'd love for you to share how play has helped you heal through all the various stages of life so i think then to to best equip you for what how i'm going to answer that is to start with how i was wounded <laughs> you know like you can't heal i'm like hey here's how i heal today like i healed from like a bad haircut that's not you know the trauma that 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 i'm healing from so i am um, Three days from today is uh, today is the 24th of June on the 27th of June, my divorce will have been final for a year. Um, I was married for 28 years and three weeks. <laughs> so it was, let me just tell you. So we have three children together, you know, been together since I was 21 years old. So I got married when I was a a child if you are listening to this podcast and you are 21 just hold off <laughs> don't get married <laughs> no and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding there's time there's so much time there's so much time and you get so caught up in in your emotions and your feelings and you just do things you know you're not even thinking about it so anyhow that notwithstanding a lot of years behind us and you know there's been the last couple of years we'd been trying to work on our relationship you know and I've been making some progress you know, and everyone knows about COVID. That's no secret. That was, you know, that did contribute to to tension. About a year into the pandemic and the in the quarantine, and and my ex was working in the office, so he wasn't working from home. So there was still, you know, we weren't like in each other's faces all the time. But the world was changing, and um, his mother had died just before, uh, maybe a year before. COVID, right? She was one of my best friends. She knew, she, one of the last conversations that we had was that she knew that I would have kept her, even if he and I had ever broken up, I would still keep her, we would still be part of each other's lives. So she's a woman I cherished. So she had died. And then his stepfather, who, you know, he'd known since he was a child, died uh, last February. And, uh, you know, just, you know, just a shortly, a little bit after that. And so, he died on a Tuesday. It was Groundhog Day, if you want to know. And so that Saturday, we had plans to go over to his house, meet up with his kids and help sort of sort the house out, right? And we were heading home. And he was like, I need to talk to you later today. I'm like, sure. Okay, fine. Um, 
let's talk. I'm going to go to the grocery store. We can talk before we go to the grocery store. He's like, no, let's wait. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. And then he said, that's when he told me that he wanted to separate and maybe get a divorce. And this is one of those things that I had been kind of feeling for, I don't know, even a couple of years, I've been waiting for this shoe to drop, but you never expect it to drop. You never expect it to actually hit. And one the hard thing about it was like, it was just inconvenient that his father-in-law had died that day or his father, stepfather had died that week because he had been planning to do it that day anyway. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And you know, it's so it's just, it's a very emotional time. And then, you know, I do come to find out that he's been seeing someone, of course, cause that's what they do. <laughs> that's what they, it's not always what they do. Um, I'm going to give you a little insight into what happened with that though. He, his mother had taken, uh, was, had taken Tai Chi for several years. Right. So a little bit before the pandemic started, he started taking Tai Chi classes as an homage to her. And so he met somebody in the Tai Chi class. And um, so uh, he had just turned 50 this last year. She's 67. <laughs> anyway, I just laugh about that because. <laughs> so, I love your so here we go. He's, but the world must good. know that the man is fucking dating his mother. And that is not even a fucking joke. It is, oy, it is oy. absolute. Mommy is absolute. The absolute truth. Homeboy needs to heal. Absolutely. Needs to do you know, some so, healing. <laughs> first of all, this is funny to me. Even from the very beginning, even amidst all my pain, I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm like, okay, more power yeah, to just you. Yeah, the <laughs> you know? irony of it. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. So um, that is, you know, first of all, I humor and everything. That's I'm. I hold on to that one day and night because it's fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, you know, and he said, you know, separate, maybe divorce, and I'm like, I'm not going to do, play that game. You know, he there was a lot of we had you know had a conversation a couple of weeks before you know we were struggling and you know i had been laid off during the pandemic i was finally working again and i was working two jobs and it was very stressful and he's like maybe you need to see a counselor and i'm like i know that's just hard for me you know because you know when i go see a counselor the first thing i do for the first couple of sessions is i cry the whole time it takes me a while to get out of the point where i'm just sobbing so and i said that was hard for me right so during this divorce conversation, I was like, well, what about going to see a counselor? He was like, you said you didn't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, so you've decided this for me. Okay. But just because I said it was hard for me, it does not mean that something that I wouldn't ever do. <laughs> like that's, anyway. So we went through a lot of struggles. So this is, I'm going to just paint the picture for you. Yeah, you know, I'm sure your broadcast is listened to internationally as it should be. You know, everyone should listen to this podcast, no matter if you're in, you know, Italy and Australia, Ecuador. Yeah, we have some, we have some uh, international, yeah. yes. But listeners. we, I am in Texas and this was, we are at February 6th. I'm just going to paint the picture for you here. It's February 6th that this begins. February 12th, February 13th, February 14th, 2021. I don't know if you remember those days. But they are commonly referred to in Texas as the snowpocalypse. The snowpocalypse. Mm -hmm. So we told our children the following Friday, because he didn't want to tell them at all. He just wanted to just wait until the whole thing was done and then mentioned him that we'd gotten divorced, which the man is nuts. Anyway, <laughs> or that was 
a nutty thing to conceive, <laughs> you know, anyway, so we, I, you know, I couldn't live with that. I wasn't emotionally equipped to hold that in for the entire week. And so I said, we have to talk to the kids about it. So we talked to the kids, we sat them down a week before we had just brought them all to the living room and sat them down and told them about their grandfather dying. And then we're bringing them back into the living room and telling them about our divorce. Less than 48 hours later, our power went out for 73 and a half hours. And we lost water a couple of days after that. We were trapped in our house together, the five of us. <laughs> that sounds in the midst insane. of the most searingly painful time of my entire life. And it was it was incredibly painful. So if anybody ever says that they had a worse snowpocalypse than I did, they are wrong because I will be able to one up you. And I don't <laughs> want no to be, <laughs> I don't want to have that story, but I do, you know? So now, yeah. anyway, blah, blah, blah. Stru struggle, struggles. A month later, he's finally moved out. You know, you know, things, things actually ease up a lot better, but I made a decision within a couple of months. It was probably by, I know it was by May, but by maybe end of March, April, um, I said to myself, and I said it out loud to as many people as I could, I made a conscious decision to say yes say yes to stuff. Now with improv, that is the number one thing that you learn and there's different schools of thought on it. But the, the common trope of improv is the first rule of improv is you say yes, yes and. So I said, when people ask me to do something, what I had and I and I had this like kind of whole speech, I was like, what I had to do is I had to go take a deep breath quell that instant excuse or anxiety, whatever, and go, yes, <laughs> and do whatever it was. And it really was like not before very long that I was like going out and robustly, joyously, you know, saying yes and, and living my life. Um, but uh, I'm going to just throw you back even further. Since I was born, my mom's nickname for me has been the unsinkable Molly Brown um based on molly brown who's the survivor of the titanic kathy bates played her in the movie the unsinkable molly brown because i'm built to be joyful and it it's hard when you're living in so much pain but i knew that i could do that because i kept hearing my mom like i'm unsinkable wait i'm unsinkable i gotta i gotta do this you know um so it is you know it's still pretty, pretty thick in pandemic. And so I was doing um, a, a biweekly show with my, um, my improv troupe. There are, there are three of us that we call ourselves Thruple Trouble. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. Yeah. And one of the other troop members, he had gone through a divorce just the year before. And we had bonded over that because we had talked a lot, you know, I was always there whenever, whenever he needed to talk to me and I will I will tell you this and he's exactly the reason why I know that it was 73 and a half hours that our power was out because it was like two in the morning that our power went out that night of the snowpocalypse and, and he and I were texting 
And then the power went out and I was like, you know what? I better go now because I want to save my battery because I don't know how long the power is going to be out. <laughs> so I was able to go back and look at that. And I'm like, okay, that was 1.35 a.m. And so it was like 2.30, 2.40 in the morning, like three and a half days later. <laughs> and so, um, And so then when I was going through it, you know, the same thing, reciprocity, he was there for me. So with these two people in my life, I, to this day, I, I feel like they know so much more about me than even some of my oldest and closest friends because they were always there to, for everything, for, for the laughing and the playing and the crying and the, it, it came out, you know, over the next few months, all of the debauchery that, you know, <laughs> that I've got to experience, but it's, oh my God, um, they, these people have saved saved my life, you know? I mean, because I knew I had a place that I could like, I could tell them anything, you know? And then we could explore that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with anything. Um, and then last year I started taking stand-up classes. So right before the, the pandemic started, I was uh, chatting with a friend of mine, um, Simply Courtney, he does, he runs a stand-up love uh, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll He's plug so him right good. now. It's not the end, but the tiniest bar in Texas, he runs things like he, they do an open mic on Thursday nights. But um, I was like, I need you to be my That's stand-up. awesome. I need you to be my stand-up mentor. And I got to go see Apocalypse. that. I haven't seen oh, Courtney in so, good. so long. I just love that man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, so, but I was, that was one of the things I was like planning on doing. And, and then the apocalypse or the, the you know, uh, pandemic happened. So Finally, I was like, okay, after, after I was divorced, I'm like, I'm doing this now, <laughs> you know, and, um, one of the things that they teach you, and I, I took stand-up classes because, you know, and I had a boyfriend at the time, <laughs> he was like, you don't need to take classes for that. I'm like, the thing is, I, I needed to take classes to get me to do it because it was one of those things in my entire life. I'm always going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I never did. And so the classes actually got me doing things. Um, but one of the things they teach you is you have to like pull from your own life and i'm like oh <laughs> i've got stuff now you were <laughs> like, like i've I, got a treasure trove do i ever <laughs> not that i didn't before in my life but you know it is it is there's so much more to play with yeah creating now, from yay such for an me. emotional space is absolutely oh different God. that's and you oh know it's funny God. because i Oh, I want to share this with you because you'll love this. Oh, please. Yes. So, <laughs> so I tend to write like poetry. Mm. I'm, I don't mm. write poetry normally, but I did go to school for writing. Mm -hmm. I've been a writer for, gosh, I mean, yeah, it was as long as I can remember. I've always written in journals mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. And then I actually started like writing oh, wow. actual narratives mm -hmm. and nice. like books when I was probably 13 or 14 yeah I have several some mm -hmm. of them are fan fiction so you know they're a little less <laughs> but still like it's a full book it's, right, it's, right, a, right. it's a book -like all the pages narrative. it has all the appropriate amount of pages <laughs> exactly it's beginning middle book. and end yeah periods and commas <laughs> everywhere full arc yeah. mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> uh, and so I tend to write when I'm really uh heartbroken when I, I tend to write poetry when mm. I'm heartbroken in the mm. past few years anytime I've written poetry has been when I was particularly heartbroken and then recently like a couple of weeks ago I wrote a love poem Girl. for the first time since like what? 
I know. And it was so, so just, I was so full of the feeling of love that I was just like, I just have to pour it out on the paper. I just have to pour it out on the page because right now I feel it and I want to create it right now, right? Like I want to create from the space and just like communicate this feeling. And it was just such a good feeling because having been someone who almost always writes poetry from the space of heartbreak and pain for so long this was almost like the first love poem that I I think it was like the first love poem that I just like channeled Mm -hmm. in the moment that I felt the emotion Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh and it's a damn good poem too I love it so much (laughs) yay (laughs) oh my god that's amazing congratulations thank you talking about creating from that space of you know emotion so but you know like there's the there's this juxtaposition though because so much of what is so fucking funny is because it was so painful you know I'm like he's fucking dating his grandmother you know like that's you know and so all right so this is just this is just I'm just going to be spiteful and mean now and I am not a spiteful mean person you are not I can vouch whatever wink 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 she's not Molly is like one of the sweetest people you will literally ever meet in your life like one of the sweetest humans I'm so awesome I can (laughs) anyway so my ex is very fair-skinned and uh, like his mother and that you know she like got those like like premature aging spots and things like that so my my best friend and I or and he came up with the nicknames but if you ever refer to the liver spot and granny, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> liver spot and liver granny. Spot and granny. <laughs> liver spot and granny. So if you're wanting to know who that is, then now you know. <laughs> so liver spot and granny. Everyone's in on the joke. <laughs> Everyone's in on the joke. And I'm like, it's so mean. And I love it. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, man. But, you know, it's like, but yeah, there's, there's, if you don't find the funny. So, Steel Magnolias is one of my favorite movies. Have you ever seen Steel Magnolias? Okay, stop what you're doing. We'll finish up this podcast later. Yeah, it's stop got, right it's now. It's got everybody <laughs> in it. It's got um, Dolly Parton, who once rhymed I'm her sold. name with mine. Sold. Okay, sold. Dolly Parton, uh, Olympia Dukakis, uh, Sally Field, Daryl Hannah, Julia Roberts, um, Shirley MacLaine. Fucking star-studded okay. movie. Best movie ever. Um, Dylan McDermott and Tom Skerritt are the male roles, you know, who pop in. So one of the favorite scenes, and I'm not even going to spoil the movie for you, but one of the characters, there's a funeral in the, in the movie. And one of the people is like rage crying, you know, grief, rage, grief. And then someone says something funny and then they're rage laughing, crying. <laughs> that is hilarious. I've had and, that yeah. experience so many times. Yeah. And then so, and then one of the other characters says, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion, you know? And I'm like, uh, and it's just such a good, you know, and it's not one that I particularly want to have every single day, but when you have it, you feel it in every part of your body, you know? And so I'll never, ever forget that movie. I cannot watch that movie knowing exactly what happens and seeing it dozens of times without sobbing during during that that part of the movie and it's wonderful if you ever need a good cry movie that a movie that you will love and cherish every second of girls men children all of you watch this movie everybody (laughs) you know and men will watch it and then yeah you can watch it and not pretend that it doesn't matter to you but it does and you know it will (laughs) you can be stoic yeah you'll do this if you're 
you know? Right. Anyway. I cried everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I, a few years ago, I, I just started crying at like the first, yeah. like just at everything in a movie. Like I used to only cry mm-hmm. if something was like, like super sad. I remember mm-hmm. as a teenager, I would have to like force myself to watch the Titanic just so I would cry because I was like, oh. I, cause I needed a cry. So I'd be like, let me yeah, watch. You have the to Titanic. cry in Titanic. You yeah, can't. You yeah. The, the violin scene. Come on. When the ship's sinking and mm-hmm. the violin. If, and then the husband and wife are holding hands and going to lay yeah. down in bed and drown together. Yeah. And that's also based on a true, uh, mm-hmm. true event. Like there mm-hmm. was a husband and wife on the ship that, mm-hmm. that I'm you staying know, with found. my husband. Yeah, exactly. So sweet. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so good. So good. But yeah, so these are things that, you know, you just have to, like, I had to find my joy and, you know, and ha- so I've always, you know, I've had like I always had a friends group, but I, I don't know that I've ever been so close with pockets of my friends group. Um, I will tell you that, you know, it's not necessarily related to the funny, but one thing that was incredibly helpful to me was just being open and honest. You may have seen some of my Facebook posts over the last couple of years. I don't know, but um, this is a very painful time and going through all of this. I think what a lot of people do is they suffer in silence and feel like they're alone and they feel ashamed that they are going through their pain. They feel ashamed that their maybe their relationships are not working out or shame for, you know, I know a lot of people who felt shame that they were laid off during a pandemic when, which no one had control over. Like there's no shame in that when 300 people are being laid off at the same time, it's not something you should be personally feel shame for. So I, I'm, did a lot of things very consciously and one of them is i laid it all out there i told everybody what was happening and i told everybody where i was emotionally and i told everybody what i needed and i even posted there's a facebook post if you scroll through my timeline that'll say i'm making a conscious decision to say yes to things <laughs> you know and um and what that gave me though was the opportunity for people to ask me to do things you know and you know ask me to play with them and ask me to have fun you know and there were periods that you know i was i think i was there was an audition or something that that i had maybe signed up for and i was like i it was early early and sort of at the beginning i'm like i can't even have a conversation without crying <laughs> right now <laughs> you know for more than a minute and a half you know so like i wasn't even in the space to do that but as i flexed that muscle more and more. It's like, okay, I, I can do this. And then it came to the point where it's like, now I'm, I just am jumping at it. You know, I'm not having to hold that my breath anymore to say yes. I'm like, I'm saying, hey, you wanna, and <laughs> you know, I'm more the one asking, you know, so. Yeah. I love that. <sighs> yeah. So I love the unsinkable molly brown that's so oh yeah speaking of titanic yeah (laughs) yeah that's so accurate to what you're describing with this experience of really moving through such a difficult period and And now understand this was more than half of my life you know um when i expected it to be the rest of my life you know (laughs) so but I, I I refuse to live 
in a world where I have to be in such pain because that is so much harder. And so, and I, you know, I am well aware that that is not a choice that everyone can make because we're all built so differently. And I am so lucky that I have that sprinkle of fairy dust in me, you know, or that genetic component or that angel, whatever, whatever you think, but that I have that, that is ingrained in my, my genetic makeup, you know, I'm not going to be kept down. I will, I will suffer and I will have pain, but I will always rise up. Now, if somehow that could translate into a paycheck for me, that would be great, but that's, I have also resigned myself to that's not going to happen either. <laughs> well, know. we don't know, right? Maybe you write right. a book about yeah. the experience. And oh, then it's oh a my God. Okay. Paycheck. So let me tell you, you said you wrote a book. I've never written a book, but I do have a book title and my book title. I swear to God, I it's in my phone. I can show you um, when I it's years old. I decided that my book title and I even have chapters for it. The title of my book is called Molly Kirby was gonna dot 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 <laughs> and each of the chapters were the things that I was going to do or be or achieve or finish <laughs> you know I love that you that know? really and goes so, hand in hand with the improv the possibilities gonna. of doing mm -hmm. everything that you can so I think at some point maybe I will write that book because you know that would be a great was gonna to actually do <laughs> you know but you should you should do it now but I will tell you though, here's here's one thing. When I was a child, a small child, like with single digits, from that time, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you think my answer was? A writer? No. A ballerina. Ooh, no. My sister was the ballet dancer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to be a comedian. Oh, a comedian. Now you're already comedian. it. There you go. I want to be a comedian from the small, the youngest age, the youngest, youngest age. That's what I want. I want to be that is such an be interesting thing to want to be when you're that young. From this. Okay. So I grew up, my dad had like Dr. Demento and Steve Martin albums, you know, like records. A seven-year-old should not be listening to Steve Martin albums. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> jokes that I did not get until late into my teenage years. <laughs> oh <laughs> love it but the way they're told with such you know story craftsmanship you know that they're funny even if you don't get the whole joke you know and but you know ever since i was a very small child i was like i'm gonna grow up to be a comedian wow. and so that is one of my that was one of the chapters of my was gonna book you know and and granted i've only done like a couple of open mics you know and it's it's very recently that i've that i started this but um and then and i've been in the midst of remodeling my house the last two months so you know everything's come to a standstill that's something that's finally been checked off you know the was gonna and you know and now it's just now i just gotta keep going <laughs> you know yeah i would even argue that you were already a comedian doing improv All right right yeah. yeah so you know just it's just different than like stand up you know technically and yeah but my stand up okay so that's that's this is the next chapter of this podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome the flip the page the healing through Get play some tea. <laughs> the healing through play you know improv was was one of the things having my thruple 
and I've talked to both of them within the last 48, 24 hours separately. Like I've spoken to both. <laughs> I love these people. I, you know, then I, I started doing, um, I did an audition last year for a sketch comedy show, right? For The Floor is Lava. I'll pitch that at the end when you tell me to pitch it. But um, so I started playing in a sketch comedy, which I'd never done before. But that was the other thing. I always wanted to be on Saturday Night Live growing up, which I don't know anyone who has didn't want to do that. I can't imagine. Can't imagine living a life where you didn't want to be on Saturday Night Live. When you I didn't. Up. And the reason is because <laughs> I grew up in South Korea. So I didn't know what it was. Uh, that's that's totally fair. Until that's I legit. moved here. And then it wasn't mm -hmm. until. I don't know when I actually learned about Saturday Night Live, maybe mm -hmm. in. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. It had to have been like in college, honestly. I mean, I lived <laughs> here long enough, but it was one of those things that, like, I think people talked about, but I just didn't really know what it was. You yeah. Know? So, How about that. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah. So, there's, you know, the Saturday Night Live. God, where do I? Oh, so, yeah. So, getting to do like sketch comedy, that's, you know, that's what sketch comedy is in Austin. So, I um, started playing with that, and it's just so much fun. And then um, now I'm, you know, X a number of months later, I'm actually directing the show now. <laughs> so, which is Congrats. so much fun. It's so much You're directing fun. Uh, The Floor is Lava. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. And so it's, so it's, fun. it's a joy. It's a joy. And I love it. So that opened up a whole new part of play for me. And just, you know, getting to like meet and interact with just a, a whole new kind of a different. So anybody listening to this podcast if you know the world of comedy is so regiment like the improv people are improv people the sketch people are sketch people the stand-up people are their own people and they are adjacent and kind of float in the same circles but they don't everybody doesn't do everything you know and you know you but what you do is you land on something that is your niche or whatever and so sometimes you know like, oh maybe i did this a little bit of that so it's not if somebody does improv, they don't always do sketch. They don't always do stand up, and you know, and same thing, you know, circle that around. So, um, and I don't know, are there other parts of comedy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, miming. Miming. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Miming. I, I can't forget the mime any, community. Can't forget the mime. Never forget the mimes. Never forget okay. the mimes. Okay. Let's. Uh, what is National Mime Day? Um, I, I think that's tell not. You. But that's we got to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel we like October, the mimes. early October is like, I think it's got to be like October yeah. 10th or something. That because seems then right. You, ten, or no, maybe it's 10.01 because it mirrors itself. Oh, there we go. There we I go. like that's that, 10.01. You're right. I think that's that's, my, that's International Mime Day. And when I'm president, I will make that a federal holiday. Okay. <laughs> well, it could be, you know, president of... Mm -hmm mime society it could also right. be president right. of the united states i mean i mean it's all up for grabs that's it that's fine it's all, it's all good <laughs> so yeah i started playing with with that with this group and you know i love these people and just really just like cherish the experiences and you know and but i'm like putting myself into situations where i am surrounded by love and joy you know and then um you know i started taking uh doing stand-up and all right so now here's where i i break off into the a different kind of play <laughs> i don't know if this is the this is the adult I knock over my microphone here the adult portion of the podcast when you're divorced <laughs> 
after being married your entire life, you start to play the field. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm struggled with body issues my whole life and self-esteem about the way I look. I've always had an unreasonable amount of confidence in who I am, <laughs> but never been secure in about how I look, you know? Um, so, but I really feel fortunate that we are living in a society now that is more accepting of different body types because this is my body type and it is not something, you know, for anybody who's listening, or, you know, I don't know if you're watching or listening or whatever, but um, I was, when I was in like the second, my, what was my dad's nickname for me? Um, the little porker. <laughs> and if you look at pictures, I wasn't even a fat kid, like not even remotely, but my sister was a ballerina and very skinny, <laughs> you know, uh, like what the hell, you know, but like I, like my thighs have rubbed together since I was in like the seventh grade, you know, I've never, I never understood a thigh gap. What's a thigh gap? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, what does that even mean? Well, that's just not, not a right term. So, you know, I've always struggled with body issues and being divorced, you know, and like having you know, relationship issues felt like very, very vulnerable and very, very undesirable. And, um, but a friend of mine had been on, so I'm watching this other, this woman that I knew from my mom's group that I was in when I met kids were little <laughs> from the mom's club. And she had been divorced twice, um, like since the time that I, that I knew her. And she was like in another relationship. I'm like, what is going on? You're like, you're just like, it's not that she's like bouncing from people to people. I'm like, so she obviously is. So I just, I asked her and so she was like, you know, I'm just like on OkCupid or whatever, you know? So I was like, oh, and it was still early on. It was about May last year before the divorce was final, but well after this was over, we were well in the process of negotiations or whatever. And so like, I got on um, some of the apps and it turns out I am fucking hella desirable. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my god, yeah. So I, I, and so like now, like I have like a what do I call it? My mantarage. <laughs> Your mantarage. <laughs> yeah, my mantarage. And like, and my thruple and several of my other like friends groups, they they all they all know. Like I have like several. Uh, you know, and I've been seeing a lot of different guys, and I've, you know, look at you. No, 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 it's like seriously. And yeah, but like, but I like everybody has a nickname because you know, <laughs> whatever. So let me just let me run okay, it down for you. Me, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Me, this makes me think of like high school when we would have mm. different nicknames for mm -hmm. d different crushes because we didn't mm -hmm. want them to know who they were mm -hmm. when we were talking yeah. about them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. I'll, I'll share some of mine too. Ooh, to share yours okay. from, from okay, when well, I was. From when I was, you know, <laughs> in high school. Right, right. Um, I've got the linebacker. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got the firefighter. I've got the acrobatic mechanic. That's a whole story. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> like, what, what, um, what's he doing in the let's bedroom? see. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's see. I got the screenwriter. Um, let's see who else I have. Um, I've got. Oh yeah, Idris Elba. <laughs> Not the actual course, ones, but course, they're, they're indistinguishable. They're indistinguishable <laughs> from one another. I tell you, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> um, um, okay. And this still, they still remain anonymous, but Curly Chris and Cro Crooked Chris. And you can okay, good. figure, you can, and you can figure out for your own, you can make your own, in, in, you know, <laughs> figure out why they're each called that, <laughs> you know, 
I love that. That's that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of men, girl. Mm-hmm. You got, got you do I got, got an head. entourage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just it's just fun. So. <laughs> having a lovely, lovely time in my life. <laughs> yeah, look so, at you, thriving. Yeah, but, that, but I'm going to tell you that led to my, one of my, my stand-up bits, which is just, just makes me laugh every fucking time. So. <laughs> yeah. So. That's how I feel though. If your mm-hmm. comedy isn't making you laugh, then mm-hmm. you know, what's the point? Yeah. It's, yeah. You got to think it's funny. You got to think it's funny. And you know, I also, you know, I told you I've kept it like the Molly Kirby is gonna, notes in my phone and I I don't know how old that memo is but it's probably 10 years old but um I also keep a, a list of bits you know in there and every once in a while like I'll be scrolling down and it's like scroll 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 I've got like I think it's funny I put it in there but every once in a while I'll go back and go through it I'm like <laughs> that's funny if I'm making myself last laugh and if something I put in four years ago I'm like yeah that's funny <laughs> That is hilarious. I love that. I love the list of bits. Mm -hmm. So my uh, nicknames, I remember, I remember we had multiple actually. So, and there's the Frenchman. Let me tell you. Okay, no, no, you go ahead. (laughs) There's the Frenchman. And Mm -hmm. I'll even say their names because I'm feeling. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been like over 10 years, you know, so. um, It's been a minute. It's, it's fine. I think it's fine if I share their names because it's mostly <laughs> like middle school and high school, you know. So yeah. I remember there was this guy when I first moved to uh, the U.S. when I was 13 and then I was in middle school and Ugh. that's a horrible, Ugh. horrible time to move into, oh, into yeah, another country, into another country. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. Yeah, thankfully, I'm like conventionally attractive. So Mm -hmm. I think that I, you know, kind of got my way around. But that's not Mm -hmm. to say that there wasn't any uh, struggle. Hormonal (laughs) strife. Yeah, exactly. So there was this kid. Why can't I? I can't even think of his real name now oh julio his name was julio it was julio like i can't i can remember the nicknames or not so he would wear constantly like cookie monster stuff so we called him cookie monster clearly yeah that's (laughs) and then and then okay but this is funny so then there was another kid named isaac who i then actually ended Mm up uh dating for like mm, a couple weeks a later oh, on oh weeks wow well, that's a long-term yeah. relationship in I middle know. school yeah. was, <laughs> thank you very much right oh i bet considering Ooh. our uh, options and you know mortgages anyway uh, <laughs> you know looking Going at to adoption agencies yeah you know. exactly we were we were so far along after the two weeks uh so this is actually funny so the first guy's name is julio right now this uh this this new this uh, new kid, his name's Isaac. Julio's nickname was Cookie Monster. For some reason, Isaac's nickname was Julia, which is one letter off from Julio. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I don't okay. know what what we were doing there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was because my friend at the time in middle school, Gabby, her parents were like super strict, and I think they like checked uh... her messages. So whenever we would talk about Isaac, we would have to like say the girl name, the Julia, mm-hmm. you know. So we called him <laughs> Julia. Then wonderful. I know. And then these are the like the significant ones that I can remember. So then there was Sergio in high school. Mm. And Sergio. <laughs> oh, he was he is to this day. 
<laughs> I don't know that I've not ever met a hot Sergio. Oh, like every, so like every Sergio ever is like mm, juicy, okay. juicy mm-hmm. man. Uh, yeah, I had a crush on that guy for so long, and mm-hmm. his nickname was Beanie because he would wear like a beanie hat. Oh, thank God. And uh, okay, <laughs> so many things flashed through my mind, but you were like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Okay. You're like, "Is he Mexican? Is this racist?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, I think he was like part. I think he was half Mexican. I don't know, but so yeah, maybe that was insensitive of us. But that wasn't the context that we used yeah, it in. Yeah. And then yeah, I think that was it. And then I got into you know, then college came along, and we mm-hmm. all decided to you know yeah. stop being. Stopping children, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so those were mine. <laughs> those are those mine. Are yours, yeah. And I have them in my uh, diary to this day. Ooh, like, yeah, because you are you like to write it down. Like well, yeah, down. and I've had a mm-hmm. I, the specific diary that I'm talking about that I've written all these crushes in uh, mm-hmm. about in this diary I've had since the third grade. Is it one of those ones so, with a little tiny key, you know? <laughs> no, it's a real thick. I can even show mm, it if I can. I want to see it. If I can find it. Yeah, where's the fat boy? Fat boy. Fat boy. Fat boy. Where are my fat Ooh. boys? Let's I don't think it's going to come it. a run in. It could, though. Oh, maybe not. Oh, I don't know where it is, actually. Oh, no. Oh, that's that's upsetting. I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I have no clue where this thing is. I should probably, oh, okay. I should probably locate it so mm-hmm. it doesn't. So you can yeah, yeah, fall into d- the wrong hands. Yeah, my dirty secrets are in there, <laughs> and all the really lame ones that you read later, and you're like, oh, God. exactly. I and I've oh. reread it so many times mm-hmm. over the years, and it's always so entertaining looking at you know. Yeah, the my that my sister to me. My ballerina sister has kept years of diaries and like has let us read you know like the ones from when she was like middle and high school, and so. The fun story. One of my um, sister's first crushes that she wrote about for years was Dave Matthews, the musician, because like we knew him. <laughs> anyway, not well, but um, anyway, so yeah, she was in love with Dave Matthews for her entire life, and then like met up again with him as an adult. But she'll go back and like read from the diaries when, like, they were their year apart. She was fourteen, he was fifteen. <laughs> you know. Or no, she was like, I think when they met, she was 12 and he was 13. Yeah. Oh my God. So, but yeah, so, so many funny things, but oh Lord. You know, that's a funny thing to think about all of the celebrities mm -hmm. who like, Mm -hmm. and, and people who had childhood crushes on Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And if they have the diaries from when they would write about, you know, Will Smith or whoever it is, Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) But what I'm going to tell you the one thing I remember most from her diary is and this was the diary from she probably was in sixth or seventh grade, but she had written a little poem and she may have copied it. I, I believe she had copied it from like a bathroom stall because what it said was here I, here I sit on smelly vapor, wishing for the toilet paper, wish I may, wish I might wipe my butt before tonight. <laughs> It's my favorite. It's just the soul. It's a window into my being. <laughs> I'm telling you what. It's okay. so fucking funny. I love that. Wow. With every fiber of my being, I love oh. that poem. Oh, yeah. That's got to oh, be yeah. that's got to uh-huh. be like embroidered on a pillow or on a plaque right. that you can Oh, hang yeah. People can cross-stitch it. People have been cross-stitching yeah, cross-stitch. during the pandemic, right? There you go. <laughs> I actually, during Snowpocalypse, I was cross-stitching. There uh, you go. I've since abandoned I was, the project. I was suffering. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was sitting at home in my, you know. Oh, well, you know what? So there's a fireplace in our living room. So we just closed off everything. The Both of the neighbors on either side uh, abandoned the house and told us we could have all their firewood. So we just, the house stayed about 55, 60 degrees at, at the most. So it was survivable, but it was so incredibly painful. But like, but what it did though, is it dragged my kids out of their rooms. Cause that after we announced, you know, they just hold off into their rooms for the next like, they would have stayed there for days, but they had to come out because it was too cold in the room. So that ended up bringing everybody back together to like, to heal, you know, or, you know just yeah. yeah, so, Crazy. but yeah, so this last year has been a ride. It's been yeah. a ride and I'm telling you, I'm having the time of life. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I'm Aww. thriving. I've, you know, I had to, Part of our divorce agreement, I wanted to keep the house, and you know, Austin prices the house is six times what we paid for it. You know, so I had to buy him out, but I had to refinance. <laughs> you know, I had to pay him out, but I was able to get an extra money, and I've been remodeling the last month. I mean, I'm living. It's amazing, you know. Like the, the house so is good. mine now. It's not only just my house, but it's the house that I want now. <laughs> you know, and it's all. Yay. You know, oh. like new floors, new paint, remodeled the bathroom. And like over here, I don't know if you can see it. I'm dropping my microphone again. But those used to be windows. Now they're French doors to my backyard. I'm just Ooh. saying. Just, it's just Girl, look at you. Who doesn't love a nice French door moment? I'm saying. Oh, good. The best, the All best. windows should be French doors. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> so like I'm in my bed right now in my new king size bed. <laughs> yeah, look at you. So like it. It, you know, but I like choosing to do like, and the pain is always a constant in life. You know, today Roe versus Wade day is a absolute, you know, it's just, I don't know where we go from here, you know, and I don't know that laughter is going to solve the world, but it'll at least help us make it our way. You know, you know, if we're not playing our way through this, we will all die. <laughs> you know, yeah. we have to find we have to find it somewhere. And honestly, if you look back at history, some of the best music, some of the best comedy, some of the best movies have happened in times where the world or in this country is at the, the height of its turmoil and pain and agony. And right now that's where we are. And so that is what happened to me at the height of my agony. I had the best things happen to me. And let's just hope that that's this country goes that same yeah. way. You know? I think it will. I think it will. Let's hope Love that we shall see. Well, Molly, this has been <laughs> just a beautiful conversation. So that I'm good. so thankful so to have had. I have Love just out with you. Couple more uh, oh, sure. questions. So sure. uh, I always like to ask the guests if you had just one last message for the listeners today, what would it be? Choose how you want to feel. And if you choose, you, you're not going to eliminate sad, you're not going to eliminate pain. But if you choose to follow joy, it will be there for you. It, it pain will always be there. Joy will always be there. And it, you but that is, it's darker in the pain, and it shields you from being able to see that. So if you choose it, you can find that light that will bring you to the joy. Yeah, thank you. I love that. <laughs> Okay, last question is, uh, now's the time to promote anything. If you have anything to plug where people can find you. Yes, so um, the first Tuesday of every month, 
in Austin at Sixth and Lavaca at the Fallout Theater. Um, I perform and direct uh, with the sketch troupe, The Floor is Lava. And so I know that um, we, we've been do, we'll be doing Chavez every month. I think the first month of the first Tuesday of September may be our musical episode. So Ooh. I don't know or if that's or maybe it's the first of October, whatever it is. We're, we're going to figure that out. So if you've already seen that, yay for you, if it depending on when this podcast is uh, is published. Um, and then yeah, so I'm going to put this in the air now because I have because I've been doing remodeling, I haven't been doing uh, very much stand up. So by the time this rolls out again, come look for me um, at open mics and maybe I'll be in a show, but there's different open mics around town in Austin and come see some stand up. And you know what? Message me, find me on Facebook and message me and say, Hey, Molly, when you do your next stand up, and I'll go, Damn, I better get myself signed up for an open oh, mic. The accountability. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you as listeners to keep me accountable by messaging me and saying, Hey, I want to come see some stand up. You're funny. Yeah, yeah, I think you're then, pretty funny. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, there we go. I'm putting it out in the universe. That means that I'm committing myself to get there. You go. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Yeah. So yes, and let me put that back to the first question. Put it out there. What you want to do? Say what you want to do, and manifest it and publicize it. That's how I got through by putting it all on Facebook. Here's my life. I put all of my pain on Facebook, and I told everybody what was happening because I was not was I chose not to live alone in my pain. And that was a wonderful choice for me. And so don't be that I'm going you know, to wipe out whatever I said about finding that light crap, because don't be alone. You are never going to be alone. If you put out and ask for love, you will get it. And I've gotten it the thousandfold. It turns out I have legions of people supporting and loving me. So oh, yeah. I love you all. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we love them all. And now you have a legion of men <laughs> yeah, yeah. who are loving you yes. in other ways yes a, 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 a man harem or a mantourage so <laughs> yeah, a man yeah so amazing well this is so beautiful thank you so much molly thank you so much for having for me coming yeah, on and fun. yeah and yeah thanks guys for tuning in i will see y'all next week bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Heal Through Play. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review and feel free to share your thoughts with me through an Instagram DM. I'd love to hear how this episode resonated with you. Also, please check the show notes for links on how you can connect with me and the guest of today's podcast. There's also a link to a form you can fill out if you'd like to be featured on the podcast and share your stories of healing through the energy of play. If you're seeking to work with me, I'm currently taking on clients and business partners for my financial services business. My vision is to have 100 licensed agents in the U.S. by 2023 and help 100 families become financially literate and create generational wealth. So if that's calling to you, send me an email at contact at lisadovgish.com or send me an Instagram DM at lisadovgish. Again, thank you for tuning into this episode and I cannot wait to connect with you. Until next time.